You are listening to selfdiscoveryradio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Choose Positive Living. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Carolyn Hauser-Carson. Blossom, Seven Steps to Sexual Healing. And uh, also, are they after the Me Too? What comes next? Finding your voice just isn't enough. The Me Too movement is wonderful. It's something that... uh, um, denounces the sexual harasser, which is absolutely fantastic. But what does it mean for relationships? Uh, What does it mean for blossoming sexual healing or sexual relationships? And so we're going to discover that today. Uh, Statistics show that one in four women will be sexually abused or assaulted in their lifetime, which is an uh, average up to four times more likely to develop a depression, suicidal force, post-traumatic stress, drug addiction, alcohol, eating disorders, relationship problems, and a many, many more. So how do we avoid this? And does the Me Too movement actually, uh, is that a step in the right direction? And uh, how do we heal from that? Because I do know that it's very, very hard to heal from something like that once you have been exposed to it. And no amount of mindset is going to do it. It's really a heart, soul, spirit thing. And uh, a lot of the time, anybody that has been sexually abused or in any sort of way, there is that blame game and it's not necessarily the blame on the other person. It's always, what did I do to invite it? And we blame ourselves first before we go anywhere else. So let's dive right into the conversation and uh, see how we can have some sexual healing. We need that song in the background, don't we? (laughs) A lot of people that interview me, they play that song. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, love. And it's, um, this is a topic that never goes away and it's sad that we still have to talk about it, but we do. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So do you think the Me Too movement right now is part of that sexual healing? I do think so, because I published my book actually six years ago. And uh, I remember, you know, reaching out and trying to get book signings and going to get getting booked on the radio. And nobody really wanted to. People were saying, oh, yeah, such important work. And, you know, men would come up to me and say, oh, my God, yeah, my wife needs this and my sister and my mother. and but really engaging with me or inviting me or letting me speak publicly no way mm-hmm. so, it's still you know, a taboo subject yeah so and, and since since october last year it's completely changed now everybody wants to have me and you know and talk to me well, <laughs> so, you have to wait for society to catch up and be exactly. ready because it is a sensitive topic uh people who have had any form of sexual harassment or abuse it is something that there is a stigma to it. There is a, mm-hmm. that thing that you did invite it, you did something wrong. And of course, immediately society is going to go to the way you dress, the way you approach. There, there is never an accountability. And this isn't male bashing. This is just that males have not been taught the boundaries or how to respect women or, or how far is too far. And I think what we're seeing now, we're seeing so many celebrities and of course they're you know, led that way, that bigger voice of to saying enough is enough. We're not going to take this anymore. So it's given permission to women to say, yes, I was there. I'm being empowered by other women's voices. I don't need to hide anymore. Yeah, I mean, the permission has always been there. We just didn't realize it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. So now we're waking up to actually seeing that we do have choices. And, and that's a good thing. And like you said, you know, it's, it's really about, um, I'm very much about not pointing the fingers and so forth, but really looking like, okay, um, 
how can we heal from this as a society? Because I think in, you know, my, my suspicion is in many cases, actually, there might be men who had no clue that they yeah. you know, made love to somebody who didn't want to. Exactly. For example. Yes. Well, yes. I mean, I think a lot of this, you know, um, no means yes. Uh, oh, she's resisting. That just means she wants it more. And you know, this is something that they've been brought up with. You know, the, the, you know they haven't been taught those the respect of women or those boundaries. So we can't put the blame all there. We have to look at society yeah, and, and, in a whole. You know, movies and, and yeah. other image. You know, people of of importance out there that have led that way and said it's okay to do that. Yeah, and I mean, in some in some ways, you know, when we are hurt, when we put up our boundaries the men need to be persistent with their love to win us back. So, you know, I know in my relationships, when I've said no, sometimes I was just hurt and I really needed the person to persist, to be persistent. So there is some truth in, you know, sometimes we do say no when actually we're hurt and we just really need that the persistence of, not, not of like sexual persistence, yes. of the love and the, you know, the attention yes. of the yes. male to help us to surrender and open up and soften again. It's the wooing, you know, excuse the experience, but I use exactly. it a lot, but it's the wooing before screwing. <laughs> and, you know, and it's, and it seems to very much like it was the screwing, forget about the wooing. And, and it's like a woman likes to be pursued. You know, we like yeah. that, um, that, that dance before the intimacy because it makes the intimacy so much more meaningful. And yet we are seeing so much, um, especially amongst the younger people, have as many sexual partners as you want and don't get involved. And that seems to be a trend that's happening. But really, as human beings, we want to be involved, don't we? We want a relationship. Yeah. So for me, you know, being sexually whole and healthy doesn't mean that you can just have sex with anybody and like, you know, be like totally detached and so forth. It really means that you are in yourself whole. And I know for myself, um, I believe that I can have the deepest intimacy with one person. And when you are in that kind of intimacy, right, you have to be willing that all your stuff can come up and has, it has to be safe. Right. So, yes. um, the, 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 that, that commitment to that one relationship, you know, whether it's a marriage or not a marriage that can actually allow somebody to, to, to bring that stuff to the surface even. Right. And I think when we just have, you know, when we don't engage or engage on a more superficial level, it, it lets us hide more or keep our shadows hidden a little more. And yeah, yeah. That avoidance is saying something, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. either you're not trusting a relationship or you're not trusting yourself in a relationship. Or maybe you've been wounded and you don't want to share yourself anymore. And yeah. so, you know, and um, there's many emotions that we go through through relationships. And, and uh, but no matter what, we have to deal with it. You know, mm -hmm. whether if we have been hurt or if we have been slighted, if we, you know, if we've trusted someone that betrayed that trust, we have to look at, you know, the why, the heal, go through the process. You can't deny it and you can't turn around with it. Well, all men are alike or all women are alike and I'm never going to be in a relationship again because you're still carrying that pain with you. Yeah. I mean, I believe that one of the biggest pleasures or, you know, the greatest pleasures of being human is actually being able to experience love and part of, to me, sex is just a form of experiencing your physical love for each other, right? In an mm -hmm. ideal sense. And I think that has really gotten lost. Yes. You know, in many yeah. ways, right? Yeah. And, and, and part of it is really that what we're finding now, there's, you know, a lot of talk coming up about porn addictions and so forth that really um, there, we have a, a dopamine cycle in the brain that's highly, or dopamine is highly addictive. And it gets mm -hmm. stimulated by 
um, expecting thrill or newer yeah. things and then you need more and more and more so it has nothing to do with love or connection anymore no. it really has to do with satisfying this this brain chemistry that's started you know and because our society is so over sexualized it gets mm -hmm. set up really young and then you just need more and more and more and you can't feel excited if it's if it's not over the top and yeah. so part, part of it is really learning learning about your brain chemistry and learning to work with this especially with trauma also so mm, most certainly um, i did a show on um, on sexual trafficking and sexual abuse and i was astonished to hear it's a 150 billion dollar industry worldwide a year now if that isn't an addiction if that isn't a mental problem then i don't know what is if we're seeing that much sexual trade going on at that value then it's as you said you know that it's just another form of drug isn't it yeah it's just a substitute for what we're really like there's mm -hmm. a hole right and we're like trying to fill it and we won't fill it until we really you know the real fulfillment comes from you being yourself and living your purpose and creating something meaningful in life and having real connections and no alcohol no chocolate no food no yeah. shopping no anything yes. will substitute for that no yeah. you know no sex addiction or, or just sex yeah. And no, no external stimulation is going to support the internal journey you have to take because, uh, you know, love outside starts inside and that love of self, love of life, love of meaningful purpose is what's going to exude out and invite people on that same vibration. But if you're constantly chasing love or chasing meaning and you're not willing to go inside and take that self-discovery, you're constantly going to be chasing your tail and very easy then to fall into those habits or addictions isn't it because you're looking for something else to fulfill you yeah and you but can the never find it you no you yeah. can't it's not an external job it is an internal job yes and so a lot of people you know to, the, to them it might sound so philosophical abstract or anything so i like to take um, trauma healing out of the realm of scary out of the realm of emotionalism out of the realm of psycho you know psychoanalytical or psycho mentalizing or anything like that because in my experience and in my world um i look at things through a lens of the energetic so meaning you know we're we are energetic beings we are everything that exists is energy and we are energy yeah and our bodies run of energy and we can either vibrate at a higher vibration or at a lower vibration when mm -hmm. we vibrate at a lower vibration we feel depressed and angry and sluggish and things aren't working and so forth. And so when trauma happens, it's like you have been given a huge block of negativity, mm -hmm. right? And, and so that, that is a challenge, but it is also a gift because when we look at an alchemical process, you know, they, they believe that they needed to, they needed to have lead to turn lead into gold. Yeah. Right? And so in, in, in our own transformation, the negativity that we have is actually the lead that we have been given mm -hmm. that we can transform into gold so in some ways the the bigger the the negativity you've been given the greater the opportunity for for more for the more gold basically because you have more negativity you know you also have more material that can be transformed mm -hmm. and and so the what i teach people is really to use their body as a transmutation device yes the body is the thing that turns the lead into gold mm. and you know a lot of people get caught in the why me 
Yeah. This has happened. I'm stuck in the drama. For some people, it actually becomes their crutch, you know, the sympathy yes. thing. Yeah. For some people, they're just... I was so stuck there for a long time. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've all been... I mean, we don't teach what we teach without having gone through it, right? <laughs> Those are the best teachers. I've been there. Um, but, you know, we, we get stuck in it. The why me? Then there's the persecution of self and then, you know, blame from other people. And, but, you know, all of these processes are quite natural and you've got to go through it. But what comes out of it is that you look back and go, oh my God, I didn't realize how strong I was, how courageous I was, what I've learned from this, how much I value myself now. But you have to be willing to step away from the trauma and go through the process. And in that recovery, you become such a different person. And then it means that anything else that you're going to face in life, you've really got the tools and you've got that strength to face it because there's always going to be something you've got to face. Yeah, so you know, can also you can look at it like there's different levels in life that we can reach or not leave, reach, and they're like literally like a ladder, mm-hmm. and we we it takes energy and um, becoming somebody different to get to the next level. You know, you can't be the same person; you have to become somebody different to end up in the next level. Yes, and so the 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 pain is actually what helps us. You know, even though it doesn't feel good and and when we're in it and when we're stuck in it, we, you know, it's hard to see that. But the truth is that the pain ultimately, or the, the thing that, that has impacted us negatively is usually the fuel that will help us get to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this is the journey of life. It's not about the destination. Everybody's rushing over to get over there and you know, they're not paying attention to the surroundings along the way. And you never know what is a tap on the shoulder. Go this way. This will benefit you. Meet this person. If you're always in a hurry, you're going to miss those signs. You're going to miss those people. They're part of your healing. They're part of your learning or maybe part of your teaching. Yeah. And And, I mean, the, the, the universe is, you know, does things most efficiently so Mm -hmm. if if for you you know if if you have a plan in this lifetime when we just talk about energy so let's say you know you you're vibrating it um below 200 which is really not life sustaining it's below courage and your goal in this lifetime is to get up to you know 300 where you really feel empowered and do stuff in the world and and the universe is in support of you the universe knows best and is most efficient and might have you go through an impact like that because that's the fastest way it knows to help you catapult yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The universe yeah. is always as efficient as it can be. It's most efficient. Well, the thing about the universe is that all it knows is about creation. Anything, anything dies, something new comes out of it. It doesn't know right or wrong. It mm-hmm. just knows uh, constantly life has to be, has to come out of something. So when something happens in our life and it brings about a death of something, a situation, mm-hmm. a person or something dead within you, all that means is that there is a chance of a new birth. And if we, I think if we change our perception of how we look at things, because yes. you know, life happens, shoot happens, you know, and it's like sometimes you don't like the done that's on you, but it's okay. What am I learning about this? Well, this done, actually, you can grow a lot of fruitful things from it. Uh, but yes. we have to change our attitude in, into things. And I know it's hard when you've been victimized, but it's always, you know, what, good can come from it and yeah and, it's, and that vibration and it's hard because when you when you have been victimized you know your your vibration literally drops so when mm. when you're vibrating at let's say 20 or 30 or 50 which is all around shame and guilt you're literally only capable of thinking thoughts that are connected with blame and shame and 
finding fault and self-destruction because, and you were talking, you know, no mind, no mindset work can change this Yeah. because your mindset is actually not yours. You're vibrating at a certain frequency and because you are, you're capable only of resonating with a certain, um, with certain thought patterns that yeah. are universally available. So there's different radio stations playing basically yes, yes. right at any energy frequency level. Mm -hmm. And when you're low, then that's the radio station you're tuned in. They're not even your own thoughts. They're not even your own mindset. No. So working, so we don't have power over, you know, what you were saying around what's going on around us or people around us. But what we do have power is what level our cells and our, our body and our being vibrates at. Yeah. And so the, the fastest way to change your mindset is to get yourself in a different vibrational yes. frequency because then you think completely different thoughts. You become a different person. Like you have to saying. step out of thought, don't you? I mean, it's, you know, we're saying that we, 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 the head is just one cylinder in a vehicle. And, yeah. you know, we've got, we've got the soul, we've got the heart, we've got the spirit, you've got the body. And yeah. everything needs to be engaged with each other. Gets yeah, and the head is actually... Frequency. Our head is actually not producing the thoughts. Our head no, no. is just the receiving station. Yes. Like we think we create these thoughts yeah. and I think this. It's like, no, you're just resonating with that kind of thinking because you're at a certain level. And so any, any emotional imprint is responsible for thousands and thousands and thousands of thoughts. Right, so why would we then focus on trying to control the thoughts or work with yeah. the thoughts when we can just go directly to the emotional imprint learn how to, you know, neutralize it basically. Mm -hmm. And then, then all these thoughts are gone. You don't think like that anymore. It's, it's, you literally are like a different person. You I call, it the, I call it the knowingness actually. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. that gut feeling, why do mm -hmm. you know what you know? And you, you, you know, that the universal knowledge that comes into you that yes. resonates with the heart and the heart yeah. goes, yes, I resonate with this and goes into the spirit interaction. And then the mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it because this is a database you know hard drive and programming and this programming is is how much data is in there so much more that we would burst if we had to have it all accessible but the, you know the the vibration the universal vibration knows you need this knowledge right now to apply right and if we get out of our heads and stop trying to analyze what we know or control what we know and trust the um, the other cylinders we will actually know what we need to know when we need to know it. Yeah. And so spe specifically for trauma survivors, what happens with the brain is that, you know, what you're talking about is really being able to um, have access to your higher faculties. So your mm -hmm. frontal cortex and the higher part of the brain. And when trauma happens to a brain, um, it gets in, gets set into a high alert. And what that means is that yeah. from, from that point on, you're more prone to basically just react from your instinctual brain. So, information comes into your senses and it goes into your brainstem at the bottom of your brain. And instead of it getting through there and, you know, filtered onto the higher parts of your brain, it just stops there and the decision-making basically takes place in your reptile brain. Yeah. You're really just making decisions based on survival, not on thriving. No. And no. so for, for trauma survivors, you know, sexual or other, it is really important that you learn what you can do to basically help your brain flip that switch back so that your, your reptilian brain is not in charge all the time. Yeah. And of course, if you, especially if, you, if you're talking about somebody that um, you know, has in any form of way of being um, sexually abused and, you know, that sexual abuse doesn't have to be rape. It just is, you know, you place trust in someone and 
that trust was betrayed and in a numerous amounts and very sad to say that of how many children are abused by you know family members which is quite horrific um and there's you know there's a process that they have to go to because obviously that back you know the hairs on the back of the neck yeah. you know, anytime somebody wants to make that you know, they want a relationship but th you know those memories come back those triggers come back and they immediately yeah. go into the flight or fight mode isn't it yeah. and, and it's so hard for them to, to to give somebody their vulnerability or their trust again and it doesn't matter how they intellectualize it oh that happened yeah. to me before this person's not going to do it it is you know that so what do people do when they have that trigger is there a process they can do when they yes. go beyond it yeah so first we have to understand that it's so deeply ingrained in our physiology and biology that there's nothing we can do with you know our conscious mind mm -hmm. or our willpower it goes out the window because this is connected to our survival and yeah. it will just take over and so learning to be in your body and using your body is the most critical stop step and learning to, um, yeah, to be in your body and, and, and be present with what is really happening inside of your body. And that can be a little tricky for people because, as you probably know, when people have experienced trauma, they're not quite in their body. So, no. so part of what my book teaches, you know, is to gently get back into your body and start, it's like going to the gym and start strengthening the muscle of, okay, this is what it feels like to actually be in my body. This is what it feels like to hear my intuition. And then this is what it would feel like to actually integrate, integrate and help my brain. So um, going with, you know, the, the lead that I were talking about before. So when you're triggered, we do actually have physical sensations. And what most of us do is like we, we spin out, we react, we yeah. suppress, we do something, we reach for the cigarette or whatever. And instead of doing that, to learn to actually just feel, you know, whether it's a lump in your stomach or a cramp in your neck or, you know, shaking to like be, be literally present to the physical sensation in your body mm. and to let it run its course and just to put your intention, attention on it. Sometimes I also give the picture of, okay, um, imagine that the trauma was like a, 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 an energy that froze your, your system. And so you have all these different frozen blocks within your body. And when you're triggered, it's basically just um, your body saying, oh, look, here is a frozen piece. Yeah. And then we can put our attention on it. And by putting our attention on it, it thaws out. It becomes water. It can go into our body, it can be metabolized, it can be transformed, it <laughs> can become part of us and it dissipates. Yes, that's, that's a really good point actually, is kind of, you know, wrapping yourself off of it in liquid heat to, fr to freeze, you know, the, because it is, we talk about, you know, I was frozen in the moment. Yeah, I was frozen in the fear and I know that I should have done this, but you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And you're frozen, you can't. But then as you said, you can thaw out. Yeah. You know, and and it's, I think sometimes it's even stepping out there and giving yourself a loving embrace. I know it's hard, but you know, we, we have to be there with stepping into our own nurturing in a way, don't we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, to trust again is always very, very hard. And, you know, especially in a society where there has been this um, impression that, um, 
women don't have a say, women don't have power. And it's, it's, it's definitely a fact, you know, that that has been the case in the workplace and everywhere else. But women are taking back their empowerment right now. And it's not about women becoming more powerful than men. It's about finding that balance and that understanding and communication between each other so that misunderstandings don't lead to something that's going to lead to trauma. Mm-hmm. And there is a different dialogue out there, but I know what's happening a lot with people. It's like, but you know, I want to date and I want to step into my sensuality, but am I sending the wrong message? You know, as a woman of empowerment, now should I restrain? And a guy says, I really want to meet this girl. She's really hot, but should I not be thinking that way because of the Me Too movement? You know, what is the language now that people should be using in a way that is still empowering for both parties and not treading on any toes? Yeah. Um, so feminine power looks very different than masculine power. And I think part of really being really strong in your feminine has to do with you really being connected with to yourself and your intuition. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, and also learning about feminine and masculine energy and your own energy. Yeah. Because yes, you know, you can be sending the wrong. I mean, actually a lot of people who have been sexually abused, um, their energy is all over the place and can feel like, oh, she wants something from me. You know, it can be really misinterpreted because you don't actually own your, your sexuality is not in your body anymore. It's kind of floating all around you mm. and it can be felt by other people like you're touching them or you're, you know, so, yes. so the more you work on really bringing your energy back and integrating it, um, the more you can really also turn it on and turn it off. Right. I can be with men. And I can can sense that they really are attracted to me and I don't have to be scared with it. I can play with it and I can totally feel safe and um, know, you know, know where I'm standing basically because I know my energy and I, and I know where my heart is. And at the same time, so when you're, when you're dating to really um, learn to communicate in a feminine way, and it's very different than what we're used to has a lot to do with just communicating feelings and really what's right for us. And this is another, you know, another point. So many times we don't actually say what we want and what's right for us. Men are really, so in my journey, you know, I'm, I've been learning about men and I had lots of misunderstandings and mm-hmm. I'm very blessed to be um, married to a very good husband. <laughs> now it took a while. Yes. But what I'm well, learning well, waiting for, right? Yes. Yeah, it took, took 20 years. Mm. Um, but what I'm learning is that he really wants to please me and he wants yes. to know. And we, we get in trouble. We only get in trouble when I don't say what I want, when I'm kind of like talking around the bush and and assuming or that he knows what you want or, yeah. and then he gets really confused so then he gets really mad because he's like what do you want from me mm-hmm. why don't you just say what you want you know so men actually want to please us they want to make mm-hmm. us happy and they need us to be clear and so we need to know what we want we need to not be afraid to say it and ask for it right we, we need to stop being manipulative and thinking oh yeah. we can't have it unless like yeah. You know, like, for example, you know, maybe I need help with the kids tomorrow, tomorrow. And then a manipulative way to ask would be, oh, are you doing anything tomorrow? Are you possibly in this area? You know, <laughs> instead of saying, hey, I need help with the kids. Can you pick them up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And uh, yes, and, and I think it's uh, that way. I mean, especially you know, with my age group, it was hard to ask directly, you know, because yeah. there was that, very much that submiss- submissiveness. You know, yeah. I always felt I'm a woman of service. You know, that is something I live for. But what I had become was a woman of servitude. 
yeah. and you know become a servant to being a woman and what was expected of me as a wife as a mother at the sacrifice of myself yeah and uh, you know i think especially for the older generation that permission to now be who you are and to understand the empowerment of it takes a little longer where mm -hmm. i think the younger generation i kind of in a lot of ways have stepped into that already and i think this mm -hmm. is the reason why we are being able to see this movement at the moment yeah yeah, I think so too. And, you know, it's, it's all about learning and really learning that um, men have evolved and men are very different than what we think and what our mothers thought. You know, mm. I, I really grew up with the picture of men are kind of animals. Yeah. You know, it's not the truth. It's not true. <laughs> you know? and, and often, you know, in, in when sexual, when real sexual abuse, I mean, traumatizing sexual abuse really happens. Oftentimes, it has nothing to do with sex. It actually has a lot to do with personal power and somebody, the person who is doing it, feeling, you know, very low about themselves and yes. having very low self-esteem and they're just trying to somehow regain, you know, some kind of power. Yeah, I, I remember watching a documentary of a woman who had been um, quite badly raped by someone. She met him face to face in jail. And he said, La, I have to tell you, this is nothing to the way you dressed or you looked or if you came on to me or not. This was nothing to do with sex. This was purely to do with power. And the power I had over you is what gave me the kick. You could have been anybody. And I think that's what people, because women immediately go into, what did I do wrong? And especially when you're dealing with somebody at that extreme, as you said, it's not anything to do with you. It's just that need they need to have as a control and power over someone. Yeah. And so I think that's a big, you know, there's so many misunderstandings about what men are and what, what women are. And so right now I'm excited because I'm hoping that we can really use this time to learn about each other yeah. and learn about our differences because I, I believe that we're actually the strongest when we're together yes. right? as, as men and women and, and healthy in healthy ways that, you know, we're not strongest women alone. We're not strongest men alone, but together we can really create some things. And the thing is, you know, we, in the 60s, you know, burn your bra, um, you know, women's rights. And I think, why burn your bra? The things are just flapping in the wind now. You know, the yeah. bra there is there for a reason. And it isn't about, and then women became emasculated, dressing like men, to be powerful yeah. like men. And it's like, that isn't women's lip. You know, what we're looking at is the liberation of women is for them to have an equal voice. You know, obviously equal payment and, and uh, equal rights to something not just it's a man's world and that's the women's world if a woman is great at engineering and welding that's her right to follow that path and not say no it's just a man's world so i think the we got off track of what women's lib was meant to be about yeah. and there was a lot of confusion for a lot of time and i think what we're seeing now and you know we see it in the stars that stand up in the in the their inner and outer beauty and, uh, you know, especially if you see it amongst women that are in their 60s, mm -hmm. you know, I am still beautiful, I am still sensual, and uh, I am a woman, and I have not given you permission to abuse me. If you wish to interact with me, rise up to my vibrational level, and now we have a, a, a you know, communication. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's given people an understanding that it's about the empowerment um, is in you. Yeah. To be you. And that yeah. is what's exciting. You know, and yeah. I think, as you said, it gives the men that bar. Oh, if I really want this woman is empowered, she is just wonderful. I love who she is. I can't drag her down. I need to rise up <laughs> to meet her at that level. And the same with a guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like you said, you know, boundaries don't come from like saying out loud, hey, I don't want this anymore. Yeah. It means to know that, hey, I don't want this anymore. And therefore, I'm not putting myself in certain situations. Yeah. I'm not surrounding myself with certain people. When I feel like a thing isn't going my way, I just leave the situation. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not about fighting and standing yes. up. And it's much more subtle and really just yeah. taking care of yourself. But boundaries. Okay with, yeah, with yeah. you know, not for no explanation other than oh, this doesn't feel right to me right now, right? We yeah. think we have to explain and justify and all these things, and we actually don't. Yeah, and and the thing about boundaries, I think, is so important because we need them in every aspect of our life. And that boundary is, I'm resonating here at this frequency. This is where I'm comfortable. This is where I'm in my truth. This is where I am most beneficial to to society. And if somebody will come along and want to drag you down or shatter that frequency, and it's that no, that's that's the the you know the needle across the record, and I'm not interested in that. Remove yourself or remove that person from your thing, and that is okay to do. It's a you see, we're not talking about borders. You know, this is the border, you can't cross the border. We're talking about that boundary of um, that that is unacceptable behavior to me, unacceptable yeah, vibration. Yeah, it has to, to do me. with what, what you're willing to tolerate in your space. Yes, right? yes, and you've got and to know that. that. You've got yeah. to establish that for yourself. Nobody else and can tell you that must be your boundary. You've got to know where that lies. Yeah, and we have gotten really good at tolerating, you know, a bunch of stuff, not just yeah. around, um, you know, sexuality, but... We've got, we've, you know, we've allowed a lot of tolerations around food and how we're treated yes. and, you know, so there's a lot of work to do to see like, wh- why am I really tolerating this? And mostly it's because we think we have to, otherwise right. we won't survive. And it's not, you know, we, we're not really, most of us are really beyond the level of just pure survival at this point. I don't think people look back to understand where we're going forward. Uh, look back at the women's right to vote or the women's right to, to enter medical profession or the women's right just to be able to work generally. You know, like teachers couldn't get married. You know, they would have to leave the profession. You know, we have come so far. And what we should be doing is celebrating how far we are because the further we go in the empowerment of us as a women, the better the relationship we're going to have with men. Because as you said, men now know how to treat a woman. Okay, that's the level she wants to be treated on. If I wish to interact with her, that's where I need to be. They know now what they need to do. And they, they want that conversation. They want that interaction. But it was so off-scaled before of the expectation. People didn't know where we are. Look how far we've come. Yes, we've still got a long way to go. Yeah, evolution goes slow. <laughs> we are. <laughs> but don't you find we go in spits and spats, you know, and kind of the Me Too movement right now and this realization and this intolerance to the sexual innuendos and the assumption, you know, um, that you're going to put out for a role or whatever the case is for a job or that it's that you should just because he is who he is, you know, those type of things are changing now because it's saying to people, no, you don't have to do that. And you don't and, have to. And at the same time, though, no, like if you really want that role and you would be fine with putting out, there's nothing wrong with it either. Right. There has to you be, know. not because you have to. It's you the choice. Be, yeah, exactly. You know, you're hot. Um, okay. Let's, you know, but that's yeah. again, it's got to come from the right place though. You know, because, you know, that there are many women who are very sexually liberated and they're very comfortable in their skin, in their sensuality, but they're making those choices because it's not driven by an expectation. I have to, otherwise you know, it, I'm not. Right. It is, I want to, and that's their empowerment, good for them. But it's the people who feel I have to, that is, no, you don't. Yeah. It's really important to learn that really, you know, we have 
we have everything within that we are truly responsible for our creations right so that means we do we do actually have power and we have the power to say no we have the power to choose we have the power we might not have realized it until now but in truth we actually do and so with that with that power comes responsibility also and i think a lot of people are afraid of that and so sometimes it's easier to stay stuck in kind of like more victim mentality of you know this happened to me and and there's nothing i can do about it and yeah and therefore yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm powerless. I'm just powerless. powerless. And, and, and as I said, some people stay there because the attention they get or the unwillingness to move forward. You know, it's like, um, also, you don't, you know, you don't expect, like if you're a little bug that's turned over on your back, nobody expects anything from you. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't expect it to really contribute or, yeah. Right. You're kind of left alone. Whereas right. when you're like really able and functioning, people expect things of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. But, you know, you've also hit on the thing of the responsibility. And I think people are always kind of trying to put blame on someone else. And, you know, the the responsibility we have is to be the most awesome person we possibly can be. right? And and that isn't somebody else to fix or somebody else to do for you. They can guide you, enable you, mentor you, share tools with you. That's part of your toolkit. But ultimately, if you're unhappy in your life, it's up to you to make the choice to seek out your happiness. If you feel that you're, you know, you've got a low value, well, then it's up to you to raise that value. What are you going to do? Because this is what self-discovery in your journey of life is all about. It's about rising up. You know, one of my favorite songs, uh, you know, um, uh, what's the name Andrea Day rise up you know and it's not about pitchforks or guns it's about raising up that vibration of togetherness yeah. uh, sisterhood brotherhood community humanity and the responsibility is bring your instrument to the table finely tuned yeah and come it's play. Not, you, know, you know come and play maybe you're still out of tune it doesn't yes. matter you know we'll help you come yeah exactly we'll help you get in tune. yeah exactly and you've got to participate in your own life and so many people abstain because they wish to play the blame game it's everybody else's fault and that way i don't need to take any responsibility but yeah but the reason why people think they don't want to take responsibility is because then they have to admit that they you know that they did it or and that's you said it so beautifully that's not the responsibility of course, maybe, you know, you couldn't, maybe, you know, you shouldn't have gone somewhere or something, but looking back never helps, right? So taking responsibility doesn't mean that you brought this on yourself or you did something to deserve this. No, the responsibility for you now is to be the best person you can be. And it's always the responsibility. And there's always something to learn from something, you know, it's a life lesson and it might've been a tough one. And, you know, for some people you do, you know, like, oh, gosh, that was really rough. Are they going to recover from that? And then you hear of other stories and you go, my God, they recovered from that. Look where they are now. And that's the choice we have to make is what kind of person do we wish to be? How far do we wish to rise? You know, are we going to take, I've had some of the most incredible stories on here of what people have gone through. And you think, how did they, how did they ever, ever get over that? And yet they did. And through that, they are now an inspiration and an invitation to someone else because their story has just shown where they were trapped in no choice, but then they made the choice to find a way out and live in their beautiful vibration now, which is resonating in such truth and love. That was a hard journey. And by them sharing it is is enabling the listener to A, understand, yes, they can themselves, but maybe these are a few tools that will get me there. Yeah. 
And so for me, the tools were really learning that it has to do with me and my body. So for me, actually, I, five years ago, I ended up with chronic fatigue and adrenal burnout with a 16 months, year, 16 months old and a five-year-old child at home. Mm. My ex-husband working, you know, because he was the only... We live in Santa Barbara, so it's fairly pricey to live here. Yes. My family, I'm from Germany, so my family is all in Germany. I had nobody to support me. And we were, we had to go, we had to file bankruptcy. So he was still working all day, every day, trying to make as much as he could. And um, I just, I was, I could not get off the couch for five no. months. Yes. And then I had an epiphany, I had a, a literal physical breakdown and, and left my body and started, you know, one mm -hmm. night I was hovering under the ceiling, looking down on my body and, and um, was just ready to go and was sent back into my body and really saw how I was allowing this negative energy to basically dictate my life. Yeah. And so from that moment on, I, I really committed to just learning about energy, learning about my own energy. And within a very short amount of time, you know, my health completely recovered. I, mm -hmm. I did, I, we did divorce, but I, um, we knew from the beginning that we weren't kind of soulmates. We had our children together and we still mm -hmm. co-parent beautifully, but I am now with my soulmate and divine partner and own a house in the Caribbean, mm -hmm. live half the time there, live half the time in Santa Barbara, I have served 5,000 people. And my clients have similar results because they have started to learn this, this, this energy stuff. Right? Yes. So, um, it's very different than focusing on affirmations or, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. mindset, like you were saying. Yeah. And that's the thing, and people don't understand that absolutely every single thing is an energy signature. It's a mathematical energetic equation. The universe is entire energy. We are made up of that. And when we do tap into the right energy, the right frequency, we really can ride a wavelength that can really serve us. Yeah. And, you know, I, just like, you know, music dips up and down, we're going to have the highs and the lows, which we're meant to have, but it's not getting stuck in any one of them is learning yeah. to ride that way. And when we understand we're energetic beings and we actually, we don't need to understand the electricity voltage that comes out of the wall or even measure our own energy. We know when we've stepped into that. Energy. We know when we're in the flow. You know, yeah, we know exactly. Flow. And, but a lot of it is, is simply allowing, isn't it? You know, we, yeah. you can't order a dictate, but you can do is surrender to receiving, res surrender to allowing and open up because that energy is, is channeling down. And if you're crunched up, where does it go? Open up and allow that energy to come in because now I mean, I, it. Yeah. And allowing actually, you know, a lot yeah. of people think allowing is again, like just a, a concept. Allowing has a lot to do with doing. Yes. So you want to be an Olympic ice skater for you to allow to become that you actually have to go buy a pair of skates and, yes. and train every day and fall yes. down a lot and build your muscles. And mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, everything is, is um, you, you, you want to be that champion in your own life when it's not going to get there virtually or by an app or an Amazon delivery, it's going to get there for you participating in your life. And the, the amount that you're going to participate is what the results are going to be. Yeah. It really depends on the level of energy that you have, right? Oftentimes people ask me like, how do you do all of this? You know, because I don't work that much. I work four hours a day, five days a week, and I have kids and I have lots of other projects. I'm a dancer. I produce mm -hmm. the GMO uh, documentary and people always ask, aren't you stressed? Like you have so much. I'm like, no, because I have the energy to do it. Yes. You know? And also when you love what you do, yeah, right. That energy, it just becomes a natural flow. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I, 
have a couple of little diseases and and they one of them is is the fatigue thing because my my physical battery never recharges properly and so you get very overwhelmed but when you love what you do somehow that energy is there you know I might collapse later but the power is there at that time and yeah. when we and I think that's really really important is don't go and do just because you're good at doing it go and do something you really love to do that you're passionate about and you will find your energy you yeah. will find that frequency and it's you know step away from something that is just oh i'm very good at it that's the reason why i do it but i'm not really invested well that's part of the problem isn't it yeah that's a drain and so my my work really has evolved from just the trauma healing to what i call now helping people to develop their pleasure iq which is what you just talked mm -hmm. about the ability to allow yourself pleasure in all areas of your life so creating work that you love allowing yourself to you know have a work situation where you feel pleasure and fun same with your relationships same with your um body you know in all areas of your life yeah and it's it's a skill you know yes i, I think people have forgotten the art of play i mean look at children and how productive they are when they're playing and the energy yeah. that they have yes yes you know we go oh, i'd like to tap into that well if you step into play and you bring that play into something you do you become more productive yes totally Yep. We've, we seem to have forgotten to give ourselves permission to play and just, you know, yeah. have fun. And we think we have to work hard, you know, since I've worked, since I've started working, since I've stopped working hard. <laughs> yes, exactly. When I was working hard, I was never making more than $10,000 a year, you know. Yeah, and exactly. Now I have multi-six figures a year by just playing. And I mean, I do work, you know. Yes, but, but you work productively. I mean, a lot of yeah. people think that, oh, it's got to be there's so many hours a day of production you put in. No, you can put in half an hour. Uh, yes, and it'll be an eight-hour thing. It's, it's, it's working smartly. It's working exactly. wisely. And again, if you love what you're doing, A, you're not working. Uh, B, you're going to be so much more productive. You're so much more aligned to that energy that's going to direct you where you need to exactly. go. Because half of the time when you're doing something you don't like and it's hard to do, is this because you're going against the wind instead of with the wind? Exactly. So when you step out of resistance and step into allowing, propel me where I need to go, all of a yeah. sudden, feet are off the ground and off you go. <laughs> yeah, and then you have the creative ideas, then yes. you all, all of a sudden see like how you need to connect and who you need to connect with, and then you're in the flow. I mean, we see very, very often people who have gone through a trauma that as they've come out of it, it's become their platform. It's become their voice. And, uh, you know, people were, Does, isn't this hard? Because, you know, you're telling your same story all the time, but they don't realize this. The story itself, as far as the pain is being concerned, is spent. It's gone. Yeah. All you now is reciting an event without the attachment. And you're not reciting it for woe is me or pity you're reciting it to say this happened this is what i did to get where i am today and so it be you know it's an empowerment thing but a lot of people think you're just re regurgitating you know the pain beat you up you've been through it yeah it's like literally like I, it's literally like sometimes i think that was really me because i yeah. went through you know 10 years of really severe eating disorders and a lot of struggle and you know my sexual abuse started when i was three and i didn't remember until i was 30 yeah and, and so yeah yeah <laughs> but it's yes. like okay yeah that was me i guess well and the thing is is you know i was 
you know, raped when I was 14, but I knew what happened, right? So, yeah. and it sent me off on a kind of, I'm, I'm from the 72, sexual liberation, it was expected. Yeah. You know, what's your hang up, man? You know, yeah. uh, we're all yeah. doing it. Um, but as a child, and then to suppress it, you know what was wrong as a child. And the yeah. only way you could get through it was to completely switch it off. Then for it to come back and tap you on the shoulder or hit you with a cosmic two by four later on and not understand why you're feeling the way you are is yeah. a much harder journey but it's not one you can close the door on or ignore or go yeah. away you can't it's going yeah. to keep knocking at your door until you deal with it exactly yeah i never knew why i had the eating disorders to start right. when i was 10 and it never made any sense yes yeah, yeah. and that's i think it, that's something we have to be aware of don't we if we're having tendencies or addictive nature or we're reactionary or we're angry or we're suppressed or something's going on it's not that isn't the problem that is just the you know the result of yeah. what really is the deep problem and we've really got to be willing to go and take that journey to look in and go where does this stem from yeah and the beautiful thing i don't know if you know family constellations but it's actually one of the modalities that i use with people mm -hmm. i do retreats and they come and you can literally do this within like three or four days and be completely heal i mean you know be completely in wholeness and have it in a in a place where like me you're like okay this happened to me in the past and have no more trigger yes. on it basically you're exactly. free free from it yeah. you know it's, yeah. you're, you're not free from what happened to you what you are doing is just free from uh the emotion attached exactly. around what happened to yeah, you and i think this is you know it, and what happened to you is you you realize in when you let go of the emotion to do with it of i survived that and so I am stronger now because I've survived it. So what else can I apply my strength to, right? Yeah. It's when you're a victim to something that sometimes you don't know why you're a victim to it or you don't know how to let go. Yeah. And that's one of the things, that letting go. And uh, it's very important that we do. We cannot carry this burden around with us. It's just going to weigh you down and, as you said, keep everybody down at a low energy and a low frequency. You know, we have to let it go, shake it off, take a deep breath, a good virtual shower, and off we go into a new life. And, and it is absolutely achievable. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard to do on your own. So that's why yes. um, I love working in groups. And I'm really hoping that people will pick up the book. And maybe it's, the book is structured, so it's actually a seven-week journey. So I've always envisioned women getting together or even, you know, maybe at shelters and uh, transition houses and so having having groups where people just take themselves through because it's so much easier when you do do something like that together than when you do it on your own yes and you know if, if you're uh, at home with young children you've got friends whether you've been through something or not because every single one of us has you know well you know i wasn't sexually abused or that didn't happen to me something has happened in your life that maybe you you didn't know that's there if you get the seven of you together and say we're going to read this book we're going to support one another somebody one particular chapter might be heavier for someone than another but you know now there is that sisterhood or brotherhood and it's a camaraderie it's a helping each other through it and the strength that comes out of that is absolutely wonderful because we're not meant to do it alone it's so much harder to do it alone yeah yeah and we don't need to we're not meant to be alone right no no the, <laughs> the empowered feminine actually knows that she's stronger when she allows support and it's not a batch of honor that you can do it alone. You know, that's no. the disempowered feminine that thinks it has to be like the masculine has to be strong. And yes. being strong means I can do it all by myself. 
And, you know, you've always got the woman with the judgment, well, you shouldn't have done this and you shouldn't have done that. They're just not on the same vibration. Don't take it on. Find those vibrational sisters that, you know, are there, you know, ready to, to, to play the right music with you. And then, you know, see what you create from it. So um, you do these retreats. You have this book. You have another book, I believe, as well. Would you tell everybody how they can get hold of you, what you're offering, and yes. uh, all of that? So the, the book that we're talking about is Blossom Seven Steps to Sexual Healing. You can find that on Amazon and on my website, which is womeninthefflow.com. It's womeninthefflow, flow, F-L-O-W.com. I do have a free Facebook group that is also on my website that you can click on, and it's also Women in the Flow. I do daily um, meditations and kinds of all kinds of supportive things. And then I do take women on different locations around the world, beautiful, you know, Bali, Mayan Riviera, warm, tropical. Yes. And we dive deep and, and, and do this kind of work in like a three, four day setting. And um, the retreats are actually all around my upcoming book, which is called The Pleasure IQ. So really helping um, to remove any kind of blocks that you have in regards to you allowing yourself to have pleasure in all areas of your life. Mm-hmm. And the, the sexual healing is, is a part of it. You know, that yes. is one of the steps that in releasing shame and guilt and learning about the feminine and masculine pieces and within yourself and integrating them and, and then learning how to, how to basically keep your vibration high. You know, right. So, so obviously the, you know, the seven steps is something that somebody should do first because, again, some people just don't realize that there's something they went through because they can't pinpoint it or it's not as big as that person. But when you go through the book, you realize there is something there that you needed to let go. And then that will allow you to step then into the next book of actually understanding how to actually step into your pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for when somebody has been, you know, just realizing that they've been sexually abused or just starting to heal, talking about pleasure is very scary. Yes. Yes, no. you need to do the one before the other yeah. because we want you to get to the pleasure. Blossom but until you let go of the trauma, you're not going to be able to do it. So don't try, to ju- I'm going to jump into the pleasure. Now, I'm sorry, you've got to go do the other work first. You know? <laughs> That's what, and again, the retreats and the sisterhood and having that, that support there in a nice setting, you know, warm and fighting setting where you feel that um, you really can let go. Sometimes mm-hmm. people find it very hard to do in their immediate arena. Yeah, it's hard. And, you know, the reason for retreats is that you're stepping out of your life and then you're stepping into, you know, another zone where you can make that discovery safely. So retreats are very, very important and uh, very, very beneficial. So can you give you... I also wanted to say I have two free gifts on my website when people... Great. I'm um, basically the process that teaches them how to turn the lead, you know, the negative um, frequency into a positive one, which mm-hmm. is really one of the most important things that you can ever learn, in my opinion. And then another process that teaches you how to find out what your true yes and no is. And so that's another really helpful tool. So even if you just went to my website and got those two tools and started really using them every day, your life would completely transform. Wonderful. And that's also in women in the flow. Yeah. And I just like that title too, Women in the Flow. When women are actually in the flow, that vibrational flow, it's that we never walk down the street without gathering people along <laughs> our way. You know, come and join the flow. You know, come exactly. with me. And then, and then you've just got this bustle of really happy women that are in a very positive vibration. And it just resonates out to everyone. Everyone, you know, is, is, just feels that great um, electricity and just wants to be a part of it. Yeah. So your happiness, your personal happiness is a part of the solution to the community and the world's problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So never, you know, think it's being selfish. No, we need that kind of selfishness. Yeah. I think I read somewhere 
you know, if you actually get yourself to a level of 500, which is um, love, mm -hmm. you counterbalance the negativity of, I think it's either 750,000 people or over a million. Yeah. Yes. One person. Yes. Yes. So, you know, as the Beach Boy said, those good vibrations and, you know, yeah. and it's <laughs> when you're in those good vibrations, it's that frequency is being sent out. It's the ripple effect that goes out. There's somebody's feeling good over there and they're not sure why they've just picked up your vibe, you know, and it's, and then they go and embrace that and bring that energy to someone else. And this is the beautiful thing about the ripple effect. So if you want to see a better world, step into your better life, your better energy, and you're part of that solution, which is exactly. so simple, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's why I do what I do, because I do believe that there is a world, you know, that, that there's enough for everybody. Yes. Whether it's enough for everybody. Yeah, there is. And, and the, the higher we step into that vibration of love, you know, it's uh, kindness and caring and love, but that kindness and caring starts with you. Exactly. Stepping into your own love and then you step into the, the love energy. And, uh, and that doesn't mean that you ignore the, the wrongdoings or the, you know, the, the things that are happening in the world. It's just that you choose then to, to feed it a different energy instead of feeding it the anger and the hate, which we know is counterproductive. Exactly. So step into your self-love. Go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being with here today. I mean, it's a very important topic. Um, I just had a show on this week with uh, Me Too uh, to do with men. What about men? Don't forget the guys. And, you know, it's a very confusing time for them as well. And I think the more we talk about this and that really the solution is, it's if you want to have a better dialogue with either or sex, it's you first got to have a better dialogue with yourself, don't you? Yes. And be vibrating mm -hmm. on a different level. And that it precedes the conversation. It sets the platform in which to communicate with each other. So we don't have to make it complicated. We just have to step into self-love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much, love, for being with us and uh, really have enjoyed this. And so to everyone else, um, I hope you've learned a lot from this today. Remember, it all starts from the inside out. Please love yourself because that is what the world needs from you. And when you do and you step into that frequency and that energy, you'll understand just how awesome you can be and how awesome life is. And remember, there's always someone there to help you on your way. So until next time, folks, bye for now.